I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts, wearing an A's hat. And Brian Christopherson not wearing a hat. Uh, I, I didn't have anything descriptive to say about you, Brian. I'm sorry. Mississippi Headwaters T-shirt. I I could see that Mississippi was probably the word, but the graphic that says your name, I couldn't mm-hmm. you know really read the shirt. So yeah. Uh, yeah, how are you guys doing today? You enjoying your snow on March 9th, 10th, whatever day it is? Yes, I uh, I, I got I did a little moving around in the snow this morning that was about it did some good things yeah. moving around out there pc yeah I, i'm moving around well i got my coffee ready i'm ready to talk some uh spring football two weeks in we've got a lot of things figured out it seems like all right well let's start with that pc what do we have figured out with oh, spring football that was a false boast um yeah, I mean, it, it, there's been a couple guys I think you'd say have sort of popped to the surface. I think what's kind of interesting is maybe some leaders in certain rooms are emerging that you might not have like expected or guessed like, even a couple weeks ago. Like, I'm not saying he's going to lead the defensive backs room, but I think Marquise Buford already as a second year player, when you hear guys talk about him, is somebody who is not afraid to get after people and bust their chops and and all that stuff. And uh, I think Elante Brown uh, in the wide receivers room is a guy like that, even though he hasn't played a lot, where uh, when you hear Mickey Joseph talk about guys who love football and guys who like football, Elante is in that loves it category. And, uh, you know, he can he can work with guys like that. So I'm not saying they're going to be captains or main or the top four or five leaders in the team, but I think within their position groups, we could have a year where we have, guys who are second or third year players who have a larger voice than maybe we have on some past Husker teams. We'll see how that develops though. What about you, Brunts? What have you learned so far? Uh, yesterday was instructive to kind of learn about what this offense is going to look like. Um, you know, that's kind of the big mystery is you're, you're melding Scott, what Scott Frost has done with what Mark Whipple has done. And those seem like they're two opposed um, offenses, but uh, you know, Logan Smother said yesterday there's still quarterback run game in the offense. Um, Casey Thompson and, and I think Whipple too had kind of mentioned that th- there's going to be times where they're going to have to to pick up first downs with their feet, uh, and, and and you know, it's not just going to be straight drop back, but at the same time, they're going to be under center a little bit more. They're going to be um, you know, some five-step drops, which they didn't do a lot um, the last three years and, and be asked to do things a little bit differently and, and you know, moving uh, formations to get to the same play. So that, that was interesting to me, at least, that it was the first kind of indication from players about, 
you know, how is this different? And I think Logan Smothers especially can speak to that, given that he's, you know, the guy that's been around the longest. So the the quarterback run is not dead. Um, we'll see how much they actually do it. I'm not anticipating, you know, 20 some odd times like he ran against Iowa, but, um, you know, definitely going to be a mix of the two and not just full on Mark Whipple pit offense. What do you guys, uh, what do you guys make of the revelation that Nebraska plans to go under center? I'm not totally uh, shocked by it. I mean, uh, you knew that with Mark Whipple, you were sort of going to go more into whatever he's done in the past. And I think he's shown that throughout his career. Um, I mean, it, it, it'll be sort of a switch up from some of the stuff we've seen around here um, of late, but he, I think he thinks quarterbacks tend to like that too. And there's a lot of NFL teams that obviously go under center. So when you're trying to sell QBs on like what your offense is, it's one of those minor little details, but it shows that, you know, you, you kind of operate like an NFL offense. Um, so I, I guess I don't have uh, too deep a thought. I don't have too deep a thoughts on much of anything, but especially that, um, but yeah, I, that's just one of those little things that, that kind of jumps out. I guess what stood out to me on Wednesday, uh, when you talk about quarterbacks was just this sort of belief or the, the way it felt like Casey Thompson's a starter and everybody else's whatever. I mean, that's how it kind of felt yesterday. And I know that's maybe premature to say that. And that's, I guess that was expected by some people all along. But for anybody who thought this was going to be a full-fledged just dogfight, I don't get that feeling at all right now. Um, maybe Chubba Purdy, when he gets healthy after the break, he hasn't really been participating because he's been dinged up. Uh, maybe he changes that. But it sort of had that feel like the old days, like when Adrian came out, he's over here, and then the three or four other quarterbacks are over at the you know smaller table or whatever. Um, and th- that's sort of the vibe I get right now about – where that thing's headed. Do you guys get the sense that, um, and I don't know, I don't know how you viewed it when Mark Whipple was hired, but do you get the sense that he's had more input than you expected? The amount of input that you expected, or this offense will have less of his fingerprints on it than you expected. I'll just phrase it that way. Oh, I, maybe a little bit more. I mean, I, I was skeptical that Scott Frost would, truly be hands off with the offense. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, he's an offensive guy. He's always been an offensive guy. I mean, he, he's coached defense elsewhere, but I mean, this is, you know, what he's done and what he's done the last three years as a play caller. So I, it, it seems to me and from talking to assistant coaches that, that Frost has been moving around during practices and not been so locked in on the quarterbacks in the offense. And I mean, I, I take him at his word that Mark Whipple's running the offensive meeting rooms with, with input from Scott Frost, but I, I think it definitely is the the Mark Whipple show. And I think that's, you know, when you, when you have a guy that's that experienced and has coached that many places, it's not a huge surprise, I guess, that he's kind of running the show. Um, you know, it, kind of going back to what Brian said, I mean, Casey Thompson talked about taking first team reps. Mark Whipple talked about him taking the first team reps. I mean, in some ways, it feels like this, you know, competition is less of a competition than what we even saw in Scott Frost's first year a little bit, you know, like it, it just, uh, it, it's, I, I wouldn't call it a coronation, but I mean, I don't think oh. that there, I don't think that there's like this, uh, 
know, elbows out competition that maybe what we were expecting coming in. And, and part of that is because, you know, Chubba Purdy has been hurt, but it's, uh, it definitely feels like Mark Whipple based on his comments is pretty comfortable with Casey Thompson. If they had to play a game on Saturday. That felt like the preview of a potential Brent's column down the road. Don't call it a competition. It's more of a coronation. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, when Mark Whipple comes out the first day and says, yeah, Casey Thompson's the number one quarterback. I, I, I have you guys gotten any sense that anything has changed from that first no. day? No, I, to be fair, like there's a part of me that kind of appreciates it because was there anyone that was truly viewing this as a competition? I mean, from the moment that Casey Thompson picked Nebraska, it was pretty hard for me to see anyone else winning that job, barring an injury. So I guess I don't, I don't mind just being upfront with the idea that the guy that you purposely brought in to be your quarterback from the transfer portal is who you're expecting to be the starter. No, that's fair. Yeah. I think the battle is going to be interesting for number two, though. Um, you know, Brunt already has his guy. He already picked his horse. Is he Team Logan? Um, <laughs> team Logan. <laughs> Low smo. Yeah. Make t-shirts uh, like uh, for that Twilight series. What was it? Team Jacob and <laughs> Team. Taylor. Not that. Not that I know anything about. Yeah, Twilight. you. I don't, you're. I, you're uh, yeah. I haven't seen any of those that subject movies. fast. <laughs> you don't anyway. seem like a Twilight guy, if I'm being honest, but. Yeah, well, let's just keep it that way. That, that's probably you're probably right, Schaefer. I'm probably not a Twilight guy. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think Logan Smothers. Uh, real quick on him, I I liked. He's never going to be a chatterbox up there. That's just not his way. Um, he keeps his words to a minimum, um, so you don't read anything into that necessarily. Uh, but I like that uh, he's he kind of expressed I'm here for the long haul. That's what he says, at least. And he likes that he's like, bring on the competition. I knew there were guys coming in um, and I don't discount him as being one of the top two guys. I don't. I, th I think we'll see what Chubba Purdy has to offer after the break. Uh, we we don't know anything yet. Um, they're being careful with him. He probably could have practiced Wednesday, but Whipple's like, why not give him another week, you know, to uh, make sure he's healthy. The thing about Chubba Purdy, Whipple note, noted, is he was sort of injured during winter conditioning, but he didn't say anything about it. And then it, it was one of those deals where, like, we're going to have to sit you out a little bit. And they're like, in the ne next time, just tell us, you know, we don't want you to, to injure that. So for people wondering about that, Chubba Purdy was trying to kind of go through it without it uh, delaying him at all or putting him on pause, but they stepped in and said, no, you're going to take a break for just a little bit. You know, one of the interesting things when Logan Smothers was talking, Brent's, I believe, was the one that actually asked this question about how much he was taking away from that one game that he had against Iowa because so much of his, uh, you know, so much of his experience last year was really just that start against Iowa. He popped in against Michigan State. He played a, like six minutes against, uh, who did they play, Furman? Who was their who was their uh their D one double A game? Oh, Fordham. Fordham. Green letters. Don't forget it. If this was Wordle, I would have gotten some green letters in there and some, mm -hmm. you know, so it wasn't wasn't that bad. Nice job by me if I have it to. It wasn't say. Furman. So, <laughs> thank you. 
No, so he, he I thought he had a pretty good answer on that because he he kind of, you know, acknowledged that there was some stuff in there that he wants to clean up, but he also just sort of made it seem like he's not going to dwell on that one game. Like he, you know, it, it happened. He watched the film once, he moved on from it. He got some experience from it. I I liked his attitude um yesterday. There was there was definitely some confidence there that he was projecting across that, you know, someone like Heinrich Harburg, I, I came away wondering if he's a little down about where things are at because he was he was relatively quiet. He wasn't projecting a lot of confidence. I don't know that you could take a ton out of a media appearance, and I don't want to I don't want to say too much, but I remember what he sounded like last spring and, and how he was talking then. Um, and it just it felt like he the wind is a little out of those sails, whereas Logan Smothers. You know, he showed up and was standing there and basically was like, I'm here. This is where I'm going to be. This is where I expect to play. I expect to play. I mean, I, I like it. I don't know if I believe that he's going to be the, the true backup um, come next fall. But, I mean, I like the mental positioning that he has right now for, for this race overall. Yeah, well, I, th I think the thing about Logan Smothers that's been true, you know, even back to when he was a recruit, um, you know, he's a guy that just shows up and, and he's a, he's a gamer. Like he, he's going to play through stuff. He's going to play hard. He's going to give you a chance. I mean, I, I'm kind of curious to see how this offense is truly a fit for him. Um, because I think that's something that, you know, warrants a little bit more examination, but I mean, he's always been a confident kid. He's been quiet. Uh, I, I remember even, you know, when he was, committed to Nebraska. I mean, there, there was, it was kind of like pulling teeth sometimes to, to get a lot out of him, but um, you know, I thought he was good enough in that game against Iowa to win. Um, you know, they probably should have won that game, but you know, we'll see. Um, but I, I think he's a guy that, that is not afraid of, of competing. And I think that's, you know, I, I'm not, I, I'm not choosing a horse here, but I, I do think that, you know, in the conversation about the transfers in, I mean, I think he kind of has fallen by the wayside a little bit. And I think he's going to, I I would not be shocked if he's, you know, the, the backup come um, that opener in Ireland. All right. Um, we don't have a lot of time to, to go full bore into this, but what, what did you kind of take away from Scott Frost's comments on the offensive line yesterday? I don't get the sense that uh, Greg Austin and Scott Frost are going to be exchanging Christmas cards um, this year. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that was probably true going into the start of last year, or certainly very early into the into the season. That uh, that relationship maybe wasn't at the strongest point in say September. Yeah, it it's Scott Frost went out of his way to mention it. I mean that that you know was clear. Um, I mean, if, if the offensive line has taken that kind of a step forward, that's a good sign, um, especially when you, you consider that you have two guys that are likely starters uh, on the sidelines. So, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys. Still, my biggest two biggest questions are all along both lines and, and will be going into the season. And uh, at least, I guess, five spring practices in, what, one of which has been in full pads. Um, he, he likes the direction of the offensive line. Yeah, I I guess it's hard to say because you're just going off of some media comments for now, and two of the main guys aren't there. But O line is like the ultimate uh, 
mystery flavored sucker, you know, where you'd like what well, you don't know who's going to be where. Um, Coach Donovan Riola is sort of uh, a fascinating figure, I think, to the public and media because, and he doesn't have to do this. I'm not saying he's not a big talker, you know, in those media settings. And I've been around other O line coaches who aren't that way either. Mike Cavanaugh who is, was pretty highly regarded in the O-line circles, was never like a, a chatterbox around the media, I didn't think. Um, but uh, he maybe a little bit more so. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think because of that, there's sort of this interest because he doesn't project as much when he is in those settings in the public season. Like, what's his sort of way of how he projects to his players? How does that work and how is that working? So it is interesting when people are trying to kind of put that all together and then they're hearing, yeah, it's going really well, you know? And, um, and so obviously Scott Frost saw a lot. He liked in about when Donovan Ryla got talking about, this is what we're going to do technique. This is what we're going to do. Uh, this is my vision for how offensive line play is supposed to be. And uh, Mark Whipple uh, was pretty uh, complimentary of, of Ryla's work so far too. So We'll see. Uh, that definitely going to be one of the most interesting parts of the spring game as people try to kind of watch the trenches and who's winning and who's where. I, the, the thing that I thought was interesting along the line real quick, though, is you, you have the two transfers and Kevin Williams and Hunter Anthony, and apparently they've been switching spots to where Williams was at tackle a little bit yesterday and Anthony was playing guard. So they're trying hard to find their best five, and – you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, it's always with the caveat that two big pieces of the puzzle are over there on the sidelines, uh, you know, with injuries. Yeah, it's, it's hard to put together a puzzle when you got pieces that are not available to you. So that offensive line definitely feels like it's going to be a work in progress. Uh, speaking of work in progress, we have a completion of Nebraska's basketball season. Let's get to that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Nebraska basketball finished up its season with a pretty, I mean, devastating is far too strong. Disappointing? Disappointing is the right word, right? Pretty disappointing loss. 
on Wednesday. They had a lead as high as I want to say 17 points. 15, the, yeah. 16? 15, yeah. 15. All right, well. Yeah, Close, I'll whatever. I'll just keep working down. <laughs> I'll get to that number. You say oh. Furman, I say Fordham. Who cares? <laughs> I can't get anything right. <laughs> and they ended up losing last night. And and honestly, I, I have a lot of thoughts, but I, I want to throw it out to, to just kind of where you guys are at. BC, your thoughts on last night and your thoughts on the season overall? Uh, yeah, disappointing is definitely fair because it was 50 to 35 with 15 minutes left. And the first half, Nebraska's defensive intensity was the best I've seen from them all year in the first 20 minutes. I mean, they had forced Northwestern to 28% shooting. Uh, Northwestern, who didn't turn it over a lot coming in, had given it away 10 times. And Nebraska was a big part of that. And you could see a team that was actually playing with the swagger. I mean, they actually had it from the, the previous week in the first half where they, they look like the confident team. And I feel like Nebraska uh, missed their opportunity in that game. And Fred Hoiberg mentioned it where they could have upped that lead even further. And then in three minutes, it was gone. Northwestern puts up a 14-0 run. There's a technical foul in the middle of that. And uh, you could tell after that that Northwestern was sort of the aggressor on the boards. And uh, that's, I guess that's the part, the basketball is a game of runs, uh, but Nebraska throughout this season has had way too many of those where it's not like an eight to two run for the other side. It ends up being like a 15 two run or a 14 0 run or something like that. And so this was a, sort of a, a perfect summary of the most of the season and the way that that happened and ended up dooming this team. Brunts, were you were you able to watch the game last night? I was switching back and forth between uh, basketball and baseball, and they were they were eerily similar um, with the way they played out. But yeah, I I mean, it, Brian's right. I mean, that was the the story of the season for Nebraska was it, it felt like anytime anytime the momentum shifted against Nebraska, it was just like pulling teeth to try to stop it. I mean, it was. When that wave was coming ashore, it wasn't just like washing up on the beach. It was like going over the houses and kind of, you know, swallowing everything. And you saw that in, in you know, the Rutgers game is the one that comes to mind the most where that happened, where it was just like, there's no no chance here. So I don't know. It, it was a fun little run late. You, you ruined Brad Davison's senior night, which is always kind of fun, but I mean, just uh, he'll get another one next year. So <laughs> they ruined his fourth one. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, now we get to the interesting part of what is this team going to look like next season, and you know who's going to be a part of it. I I thought one of the things that was noticeable in the second half that even when they were trailing, and, and maybe more so when they were trailing in single digits and double digits, Northwestern exudes a level of calmness that Nebraska never had at any point this year. I mean, they play a fairly frantic style, even when they're in the lead. Um, they, they're just, and, and it's why they struggle so much when the game is close and late. I mean, they just, you had two possessions, I think with Verge and, and with McGowan's at the end that sum up Nebraska basketball really well. I thought for, for 2021, 2022, like, they have athletes, they have guys that are willing to attack, but they don't necessarily have plans. They just see red. It's a lot of hero ball. I mean, 
both of those situations, there was probably an opportunity to kick it. They didn't. They went on one on two or one on three or whatever you want to call it. And it, it just always feels like Nebraska is really, really frantic or was really frantic this year. And sometimes that worked really well um, for them. And and most of the time at the end of games, the other team was largely just able to methodically do what they needed to do. And and I just feel like until they have someone and Verge came on really well at the end of the year. And I don't wanna I don't wanna say that this is anything necessarily with him. It might just be with how Hoiberg wants them to play. They just don't feel like they're in control. They just don't feel like they have the ability to dictate to another team. It just feels like they're just constantly, you know, frantically trying to out-athlete the other team at times. And that's just not a viable strategy. And it certainly wasn't down the stretch against Northwestern. So um, however this next iteration gets built, it really feels like they have to have kind of a, a real floor general or someone that exudes some level of confidence and calmness <sighs> when everyone else and everything else around you is, is going crazy. And I just don't think they have that this year. You know, am I, am I way off base with that? <clears throat> well, it took them way too long for it to settle into place. Like they, it, Alonzo Verge was basically sort of a wild card from the beginning, where you knew he, there were tremendous, there was a tremendous skill set there, but he was going to be learning a new position, and it was a matter of how quickly can he pick that up and be what you're talking about. And he very much was cl- close to that. Like I would say, the last like eight games or so, and. Before that, though, it was uh, obviously such a disjointed uh, work to get there um, that I think Nebraska was suffering along the way. Um, And obviously the Trey McGowan's injury hurt, but that's going to be the biggest question. I mean, you did nail the biggest question is like, who is that point guard next year? Um, It's going to be probably a new face. I mean, it could be it could be. you know, one of the new recruits coming in, you know, like a Ramel Lloyd or somebody like that. Um, and there's going to be growing pains there. You have to understand that's where it's difficult. Like, it's not like this is like a seamless work in the next year where if you, if Verge was a junior, for instance, I guess you could have a long debate about what that means for next year's team, good or bad. I, I think though people would be like, okay, he was really picking it up and now he got another year with them. Instead, he's gone. And now you got to start over and find somebody and hope that he sort of finds those traits we're talking about very quickly next season. And they yeah. play a tough, tough Thanksgiving tournament with, with some good teams, like right off the bat. Creighton will be right off the start too, you know, pretty early. So um, they'll, they'll have to find it fast. It's uh, it, it's an interesting conversation. The point guard com- piece of it is interesting. I mean, I, I we heard the last – month or so that you know well you know maybe thought delano banton was going to come back and that's why you're kind of looking at the portal for a point guard last minute i I mean i don't think delano banton would have made a huge difference he wasn't a point guard his first year right well i mean he was benched you know so you got to find somebody whether that's ramel lloyd whether it's somebody out of the portal you need somebody that can control pace and control that offense because i i think the one thing you can say for Alonzo Verge, especially down the stretch, um, Nebraska started playing more in control. And when 
Verge was able to find open shooters, guys going to the basket. Nebraska was very good. It was it was the Colorado game. It was the Penn State game. It was portions of Wisconsin. It, it worked. And I think when I get asked a lot, well, what can Nebraska take out of this season and carry into next year? Well, I think in some ways you're going to have some pieces that are going to be back. I mean, I, I would expect that C.J. Wiltshire is probably going to be back. I mean, maybe you're going to get Derek Walker back for another season. We'll see. But I think that there's enough in these last, you know, four or five games or so that Nebraska's played that you can point to and say, look, when we play under control, when we make the extra pass, I mean, it, you're basically building this library of like, this is how this offense works. Uh, and the the thing that Nebraska is going to have to do is they, they're going to have to determine whether or not they have the pieces to make that work. I don't think they do right now. Obviously, the point guard spot being a huge one. I think you're going to need more depth on the wings. Um, and, and like Brian said, I mean, it's not going to be an immediate plug and play situation with guys on your roster. You're going to have some growing pains and you're going to have to do it against a pretty tough schedule early on that also uh, includes K-State, which is probably going to have a new coach um, as well. So uh, it, it's uh, it, it's going to be tough sledding, but, you know, they're going to have to they're going to have to win the offseason, put it that way, to, to figure out you know, if they have the guys to make this offense work and how they're going to actually translate that to the floor. Yeah, uh, you, you kind of mentioned a couple of names there. So um, give me a percentage, each of you, that either McGowan's is back next year. Um, I I would say uh, 5% or less on Bryce. I, I mean, I just don't see that happening. Uh, that would shock me. Uh, Trey, um, I put at a higher percentage. I, I'm struggling to put an exact number on it, but I sort of think 20, 25, and I don't know. Maybe that's generous. It, I do, minds can change by the hour on this, so I'm always hesitant. You know, like a guy can be persuaded, like this is what's best for you personally, even if your brother's doing something else. Um, and Fred Hoiberg did have an interesting comment in his post game. We're going to have a lot of guys on this roster back next year. He actually said that sentence and I was kind of thinking it through and I was like, well, maybe he knows a couple guys that are coming back that we've thought won't be, um, that are juniors like a Derek Walker. Technically, as Brun said, Derek Walker technically could come back, but he was sitting up there with Verge next to Hoiberg and Hoiberg was sort of speaking about those two, like they had been foundation setters for the future, you know? kind of like it might have been their last game. Um, so I'm not necessarily expecting him back. So, But to the McGowans, my short answer is I don't ex- – I'm not pro- projecting either of them are going to be back. Brunch, you got any difference on that? No, I mean, I – and especially with the way Bryce played down the stretch, I mean, I don't know – I don't know that that really helped Nebraska's chances of potentially getting him back. I mean, I, I think he's shown um, – you know, enough of a ceiling for what he can be to, uh, to mosey on to the NBA. Um, Trey, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of like in the same camp as Brian. I'd be shocked if either of them were back. Yeah. I, you're either somehow going to get both of them, which seems like less than 5% or you're going to get neither of them, which seems like the more likely, I I don't think that you just get Trey. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not entirely convinced that Bryce is going to go in the first round. So I think he probably needs another year of college basketball. If that's the case, so I could see him also entering the transfer portal. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Let Mayhen could come back as well. Um, 
Uh, Kobe cannot come back. Verge cannot come back. Walker could come back. I think it's that everybody. Yeah, I mean, basically, Kobe Webster and Verge are the two who are def- definitely not, and then everybody else is a maybe. But um, or you could at least throw as a maybe category. But um, I mean, all of those juniors that we we sort of mentioned were honored on Senior Day, and there was sort of this vibe like most of them wouldn't be here. I mean, that was sort of what you you got out of it. But Hoiberg has said those conversations would happen soon after the season. And now over the next month, you know, there might be one or two surprises where that guy says, I'm going to run it back. And um, it's got to be somebody who really fits what like, okay, this guy isn't going to cause sort of a mess of like trying to put all these parts together of new guys. And this guy's staying. Derek Walker would be a guy who would be a great example. Like you'd take him back because he's a fighter down low. He's in big body. Blaze Keita, they're excited about, but you don't know for sure what you got at this level till he's here. Um, so if you had Keita, Walker, and Eduardo Andre, you know, if you can get Eduardo back and get him blossoming, um, people want him to take off. Who knows? Um, but Walker's the one guy that's interesting to me if they could somehow get him back. But it was sort of not feeling that way to me last night as I was watching the post game. Yeah, well, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that for sure. All right, we are, uh, we're we're going to run it back next week. 24-7 Sports, Husker 24-7. We'll be back next week for another podcast. Uh, any closing thoughts here, gentlemen? Michael Brunch, do you have anything you'd like to say as you watch the clock closely? Uh, no, tons of baseball. We'll hit baseball next week. Seven, right. seven games in eight days. We're going to hit baseball, but baseball players have struggled to hit baseballs. They've, they've been, they've been swinging a lot, but not, not making much contact. Yeah. Uh, BC closing thoughts. No, Bruns looks like he has to get those uh, pastries out of the oven. So we better close it down. <laughs> it's a frittata. <laughs> oh, sorry. Nice. Well, be sure to have an oven mitt. We don't need any hand injuries here. All right, we'll be back next week. Be sure to check out Husker 24-7, husker247.com, and uh, we'll have plenty of coverage on all things Nebraska athletics. We'll catch you then. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.